Excellent. Um, all right. Well, we have already prayed, and I want to uh, I want to get cracking because Cowboys play at noon, and some of y'all are looking at me like. Starting with a little controversy today. All right. Hope you are not blowing up the comment section like we're blowing it up in here online. Okay. Um, I, I, talked to, I talked to Chris, uh, Chris back here uh, with, with the long hair. Yesterday, he ran over 30 miles and overcame over, uh, it, was, it was 30 miles with 70-something obstacles. Right, Chris? N- nothing was chasing him. Uh, incredible. Uh, Chris does all of our artwork. He does, basically he does everything, and Dusty and I take the credit. Um, I called him and I said, hey, I want to do a series in October called Monsters. And so he sends me back this thing, and you probably got it in your mailbox. And uh, it says, Monsters, Defeating the Enemies of Faith. And I was like, that's perfect, because that's exactly what we're talking about. And I have an enemy today um, that I want to talk about. It's really heavy on my heart. I'm very passionate about this subject. Uh, but I don't know what to call the enemy. This is like a nameless enemy. You can, you can write this down, maybe. Uh, uh, you, have, you have a note section today on your connection card. Maybe, maybe you can give me a suggestion for what we call this monster. Uh, but I'll explain it to you in a moment. But first, I want to talk about marriage. I wanted to talk about marriage today. I have a resource, and we actually have it out in the foyer. Uh, there, there's a book... And it's the most biblical teaching on marriage that, that I've ever received. Uh, it's, it's been extremely helpful um, to, to my wife. Uh, I already had it all down. And it's called, it's called Love and Respect. And I've had this book out. I bought like three books, put it out on the shelf. You guys know that our, our shelf of stuff, uh, we are not marking up prices for any kind of profit. We're just making things like readily available for you. And... So we've had like three books that have been there for like eight months, and two of those have been purchased. Uh, we, we, not a lot of those go, and that's fine. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not a retail store. Uh, that's not the intent. We want to make it available if it's uh, ready. But, but it's, it's, it's there, and I think everyone would say, man, I, yeah, I should read that. I need something like that. But in the end, like, we won't do it. And... and let me, let me start by saying that I'm not saying that condemnationally. I'm telling you, for years and years, I went, man, I should do this, I should do this, I should do this. But, but let's, be, let's be honest here. I won't. And it's because there's a monster. And, and, and I'm not sure what to call it. I started to call this monster homework. Like, I don't have time for homework. You know? Man, I went, I went, to, I went to public school... I, 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 got my, I got my degree from the state in, in, in professor's opinions. Uh, I've got that degree. And I don't have time for any more extracurricular things, any, any research papers, uh, because I am busy. And, and I know that you're the same way. In fact, I'm, man, a lot of you are here, and Sunday's your only day off. And I am so proud of you that you choose on your only day off to come and worship the Lord. And I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I get that. 
years ago when I did uh, when when I did ministry before that I was doing uh, building remodeling houses and so I got into ministry and it didn't pay very much and so after I got off work uh, which I I was doing you know we were blowing forty hours out of the water and then I would get home and flip and remodel the home that we're living in. And that's the only way that we made it. And I, I mean, I've gone to my daughters while they were sleeping and just cried over them because I, I, I couldn't see them. I didn't have time to even see my own children during the day. And so there was certainly no time to read a book. And I think most of you get that. This is not, this is not my grandfather's generation. 40 hours a week means starvation. So I get it. But at the same time, <laughs> I now make time for these things because it's not that I don't have time to do them, it's that I don't have time to not do them. There are just some things that once you put them into your life are irreplaceable. If you've ever experienced the Holy Spirit, like you can't accept a substitute for that. If you've ever lived with wisdom, you know that Jesus' way is better. And so the problem is, I, I went all of, all of these years going, I don't have time for a homework. I'm too busy. I've got to prioritize, and that doesn't make the list. I, I, can't, I can't do a marriage book, and that's fun. That's fun. I have some books on uh, parenting, and you guys know that I vet everything, uh, and I don't have time for a book on parenting, and I, I get that too. I get that too. But I will say that we are consistently saying there are four things that you can do to get closer to God, and they are read your Bible, pray, go to church, and and, and be the church. And you are doing that. Yesterday, you spent all day being the church. You're here today. Some of you are online because you're exhausted. And I get that. It, but, but you're doing it. You are being the church. You are going to church. And I hope that you have a prayer life. But many of us have a forever long, one-sided conversation going with God. When He wrote us a letter... And I want to spend my time today trying to convince you to read your Bible. I know that sounds boring, and that's okay, but this may be the most pivotal message you have ever heard in your life, if you will apply this. I'm being sensitive to your schedule because I understand it is much like my own. There are days. I went through a long time where I was a slave to if I don't read my Bible every day, like I would, I would go home and read, like being falling asleep as I was reading. I really wasn't getting anything out of it. So I don't, I, I, I don't do that anymore as sort of a slavery thing, but I try to be in my Bible every day, not so that I can tell you that, but because I need it. And whenever, whenever I'm not, there are old things that just come back in waves of like uh, flood level waves. And, and I have people in my life like my wife who will say, well, how has your quiet time, how, is your, how has your reading been going? Are you spending time with God? And I'm like, you know what, right now I'm neglecting that. And then, well, duh. And so this is, how we, this is how we grow. This is how we stay strong. And here's the thing. 
I believe on a very supernatural level, God will minister to you as you pursue Him in His Word. There are some things for us as a Christian, if you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, that are just different than in the world. One of those I rarely, if ever, talk about. Some of you are struggling financially, though you're like, I don't know why I shouldn't be struggling financially. And, and this is on a supernatural level. If you will begin to tithe, I think that God will bless that. He actually says that He will. And does that make sense? It makes no sense, which is why I think God uses that so much. He always uses the foolish things to shame the wise. Just like all through the Scripture, although an inheritance would go to the first child, He would almost always use the child that the inheritance didn't go to to bless. Why? Because I want to show you something that's counterintuitive, that's counterculture. It's something that is going to overflow into you. It is going to bless you. And so when we begin to do these things and take your time and begin to tithe your time into reading the Word, God is going to produce time for you. He is going to make that for you. He's going to throw wisdom into you. And so I am sensitive to your schedule, and I am sensitive to many of you that say, I'm not a reader. But guess what? Daddy's going to read this story to you. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you. I'm going to teach you how to get there. It's going to be very simple. But I want, you to, I want you to walk with me through Psalm 46. Uh, all the scripture is going to be on the screen today. Uh, so I don't expect you to be a Bible scholar. I don't. And I'm going to kind of show you how to, to begin to read the Word. Because my assumption, you could just surprise me if you're a scholar. But most of us are not. Uh, you don't know really a whole lot about the Bible. You've read a few things, but it's sort of confusing. I'm going to help with some of that. Um, but in Psalm 46, this is Old Testament. This is King David. He would have written this somewhere around 1000 B.C. They didn't have the New Testament at that point. They had the Old Testament, stuff that you tried to read and fell asleep to. And, and this is what he says. Come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes war cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spear to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. In other words, God was defeating his enemies. And he says, stop fighting and know that I am God. Some of your translations say, be still and know that I am God. And honestly, if you know me, you know it's extremely hard for me to be still. If, thanks, thanks guys. If, uh, I, you know, I'm just going to preach you guys online for a minute because they're hating on me. Um, if, if, if you know, for, for me to be able to like get out of my head long enough, this, this is what I have to do, okay? Maybe you come into my office, you see me reading, I have the door shut. Uh, I used to burn candles, but I got all these weird eye issues, and so like the smoke from the candles burns my eyes, it really stinks because that kind of helped me like... <sighs> so I'm, I'm playing like if Pandora has all these like music for study. I, I really like the soundtrack for Last of the Mohicans. It gets me all fired up when I read the Old Testament, okay? Uh, what, whatever it takes 
to bring me down. I have a notebook right beside me because, man, as soon as I get, as soon as I get still, as soon as I get calm, I'm going to do this, and then I'll rush out to call somebody that I've neglected or I've forgotten. So, no, I just write it down. I'll get to it in a minute, and then I'll, I'll read. I just spend some time with the Lord. And so there might be like candles, music. It looks like I'm getting ready to seduce somebody in my office. That's what I got to do, man, because I understand, like, there's a monster for me that is stillness. Here's my, here's, here's my question to you, and this, again, these are not condemnational things. I'm thinking all of these things to be helpful. Uh, you're awesome. You're here. You're my family, my brothers and sisters. This is not, this is not to whack you over the head with. This is, this is to whack the enemy with. This is helpful. But here's my question. When is the last time you had... And I'm looking, at, I'm, I'm looking at a mother right now with an infant. Like, how dare you ask this? When is the last time you had 10 minutes of quiet? Man, 10 minutes. Like, well, I chill. No, you don't. You have headphones on. When is the last time you had... Let, let me make an assumption. Let me make an assumption. If... If you're not playing music in the shower, is that not one of your most creative times? Why? Because it's quiet and you can think for a minute. When is the last time you had any time to meditate on the Word of God? We don't do it, man. I come home and I immediately I have to cook dinner. I have to turn on the TV. I have to do all these things. You are neglecting your meditation time. He says, stop fighting. And, and I want to put it this way for you. What if God were saying to you, stop fighting me. I want to talk to you. I am like a baby that you're trying to put down for a nap. Just shut up and lay there. <laughs> I'm fighting him all the time. It's so hard, man, to get out of my head. Y'all know that. Is there not a war going on in here? Man, if, if you have peace up here, come take the microphone. You're in charge today. Because we have this battle. I get it. I'm sensitive to those things. But it's never going to get better if we don't allow space for God to speak to us. And so we say, man, read your Bible, pray, go to church, be the church, and that's all the things. Hey, I get Bible when I come to church. But no, this is a pep rally. God wants to speak to you. It's very personal. He's going to tell you things that you don't even know about you. Straight to you. I don't, get to, I don't get to nearly convey to you any of my messages. Because when the Holy Spirit speaks, oh, he's so good. It's so personal to me. Most pastors are depressed after a sermon because they're like, it just didn't come out right. Because the Holy Spirit was speaking something to you that you could never convey. That's what he will do with you during the week. And you're like, I've read before. It doesn't work that way. It will. Give me a minute. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Salah. I made a, I made a couple phone calls. I've, I've got some helpers today. Y'all go ahead and stand up with your microphone. Uh, turn these microphones on. I need both of these mics hot. I made a couple phone calls uh, this week just to some people who are sort of doing ministry in the church and, and, then, and you know, have, have sort of proven that they have sort of standing, lasting relationship with the Lord and, uh, and you know, and, and have had for some time. And so I made, I made a, a couple calls. And the first one was uh, to Pastor Dusty. So can somebody get a microphone to Pastor Dusty? 
He's right there. No, no, I've got helpers. You go sit in your seat. You go sit down. Okay, you sit in that seat by landing. All right. Uh, I, I asked Dusty, I said, Dusty, what is the number one thing in your life that has helped you stay close to Jesus? And Read your Bible. Read my Bible. I met with this dude. We moved to Eastland <laughs> County. We moved to Eastland County. And listen, he didn't, know, he didn't know what my sermon was about. He thought I was going to do the marriage monster. He didn't know this is what it was about. And I said, what's the number one thing? And he said, read my Bible. I, did, I, I didn't even know he was a musician. The first time we talked, he said he wanted to help with the church. And he started talking to me about all these things he'd been reading about the Apostle Paul. And I was like, man, this guy is really into his word. And he's a worship pastor. I, never, I didn't even know he was a musician. And then I, f- I found out, I never heard him sing, never do anything, but I'd heard him talk about the Word, and I was like, you, are a, you have a pastor's heart. You are in love with the Word of God. That's the number one thing that's helped you stay close to God. And so I, I called another person uh, that I really trust. Uh, Lily, can you find Ashley Wheat? Where is Ashley? Back there. Okay. She has been uh, doing a lot of ministry with our college students. Uh, Ashley, I was actually able to baptize Ashley in college. And uh, she's pretty old now, so it's been a minute since college. <laughs> and, uh, oh crap, she has a microphone now. Sorry, I take it all back. Uh, but I, I said, Ashley, you mean you've, had a, you've had a relationship with Jesus for a long time. What is the number one thing that you do to keep you grounded, to keep you close to God. And Ashley? Read my Bible daily. Yeah. Now, specifically, you gave me a very specific term. What did you say? Have a quiet time. Have a quiet time. If you, if you know Ashley, you know that she loves to travel. Doesn't really matter where, but what is your requirement? When you go anywhere, what are you looking for? A place to have a quiet time in the morning. She's looking through Airbnb, and she's scrolling through pictures because she's looking for a place to have a quiet time. She does not start her day until she meets with Jesus first. Why do you think she's ministering to college students? Why do you think this college ministry stuff is blowing up? Seth is helping, and I guarantee you Seth would say say the same thing, man. He has taken this and run with it. He has a relationship with Jesus. He has the ability to to, uh, convey uh, the word. So I called another person that I I trust. more than any human alive, and uh, happens to be sitting in the front row. Do we have a microphone to give to my wife? Or did you, oh, Kate, you didn't take the microphone back. Come on, Vanna. <laughs> all right, Lane, I called you. You had no idea what I was getting at. I, I was all hopped up just calling people, and they're like, well, reading my Bible. I'm like, that's all I needed. Thanks. And then I hung up, and this is the first they've heard of it since then, okay? Um, uh, Lane, what has kept you with a real, in, in deep relationship with Jesus for all these years? The Word and reading what God has to say to me. What God has to say to her is specific to her. I've tried because, you know, you go to all these conferences and seminars and all these things and people are like, oh, you got to read your wife, you got to do all these things. My wife hates that. She does not want to read with me. She does not want to read out loud. It's very personal to her. Now, others do that different, and they like to study together. She doesn't like to study with me, so I study with Dusty. It's very personal to her. And she says, the thing that has kept her close to Jesus all these years, that has kept her faith, she has a faith that inspires me, as she said, is reading my Bible.
kümmermisse, hörst du da kommen? Ja, ja, in the back, in the back. Can I get a microphone to Raheem in the back? Okay, I called Raheem. His answer was a little different. His answer was a little different. Raheem, I don't know if you know exactly what you said, but I think it's really, really profound. Raheem, can you tell us, according to my question, what keeps you in deep relationship with God? What was your answer? Yes, I said teaching the youth. Yeah, he answered speaking, teaching the youth, because Raheem, uh, Raheem, Chris, and, and many of you are, are volunteering as well. Uh, but man, but they swap out, they're teaching, they're teaching our youth, and ex explain, you said speaking, and I was like, oh man, theory busted, I thought everybody was going to say reading the Bible. Why does speaking keep you in deep relationship with God? I said that um, what happens is I have to not only read the text to learn it for myself, but I had to learn it deeper to actually teach it to somebody and understand it. So, reading the Bible? Yeah. He said, man, when I started speaking, I had to start reading the Word differently, and now it's like in Him. And so, uh, we have these Bible studies on, on Monday that, you, you know, we meet just kind of everybody who's leading a ministry, and we meet and we talk about stuff. And, and when we started that, and Raheem, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm sharing things that are, that are too personal, but uh, no, you're you fine. forgive me later. Um, you know, when we, when we first started, Raheem had some just really surface things, you know? And uh, Raheem was doing what many of us do, and so he had some people that he would follow on maybe TikTok or, or whatever, you know, YouTube, some people, and he'd be like, I heard this guy say this, I heard this guy say this. And so... Uh, As we began to study together, he no longer says, I heard somebody say this. He's telling us all the time, listen to what I read. And this is what's crazy. He told me, he said, hey, so I've gone through the New Testament now. What do you want me to do? And I said, okay, let's go back. And man, I totally confused him. And he started in Exodus. That is not at all where I send people. <laughs> okay. Now, I, does everybody need to read Exodus? Absolutely. But like when you're first starting to study, like I had a different thing and, and I, I, man, I got all cranked up and I, I confused him. God is speaking to him and he's reading Exodus. He's reading Joshua. He's reading like this ancient history and he's pulling things that, out that are so deep and he is getting and gleaning and we're like, oh my gosh, he has taught me things. Because God is speaking to him personally, directly. And we believe that God will do that to you. You are the priest. I am your cheerleader. You do not exist for me. I exist for you. I hope that you know that. You are the priest. God set it up and he said, this, this he told Abraham, you are going to have so many descendants and they will be for me a kingdom of priests and that was the original purpose for the jewish people and then they kind of messed that up and ended up they have to have there were 12 tribes in in these israelite people these jewish people and so as they kind of messed that up ended up one tribe levi became a priest to the other 11 well when jesus came he re-upped it he's like we're going back to this you are for me a kingdom of priests and you're like well i'm not jewish you have been grafted into god's chosen people you are a priest If you are a believer, he has something that he wants to speak to you. And, and, and the Bible is not up for maybe what there's kind of a debate about in ancient times. Uh, the church got a little bit corrupt. And by a little bit, I mean, whoo, 
can't believe there was not another global flood. But the church got really corrupt, and there were some who were teaching that the Bible was not up for private interpretation. They're like, no, no, trust me, this is what the Bible says. And that is not what the Bible said. And there are still people who are carrying those teachings because they won't read it for themselves. I don't want you just to come and blindly follow me and take my word. I'm your cheerleader. I'm up here doing toe touches for you to pump you up in your reading. You'll get it from here. Let God speak to you. That's why he went through such great lengths to preserve this. You will read things. from. We can go in, in our genealogy back to about 4004 B.C., that's over 6,000 years ago, to some of these earliest writings, and it's still just like it's for you, because the Holy Spirit will speak it straight into your heart. I, I, I served under a pastor who was a mentor for me years ago, uh, and, and he had this thing. He would go around and tell people, uh, he would say, if you'll read your Bible, uh, if you'll read your Bible for five minutes a day for seven days and God doesn't change your life, then, then I'll, I'll quit my job. I'll quit preaching. He was the pastor of, of the largest church um, in town. Uh, everybody knew this guy. It would have been a really big deal <laughs> for, him to, for him to quit his job. And he went around and just gave everybody this. And uh, finally, this woman started coming to church and she said, will you come and minister to my husband? And so uh, this guy, who was, was not a believer, he did not want to come to church. And so uh, this guy, he was uh, my mentor, and uh, he went to her husband's house. Turns out her husband uh, was the head of the science department at Tarleton State University. Uh, he had his uh, Ph.D. in, um, what, what, is, what is the study of, of bugs? Is it entomology? You're like, I don't. And I don't either. He had, huh? Entomology? I don't know. Answer bugs, right? I thought it was... Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I didn't think that. Uh, but anyways, he, he, had his, he had his PhD. He had all these credentials. Very intelligent man. And, uh, and this guy goes in and sets with him. And he was like, I don't believe any of that. So the, the, the pastor leaves his personal Bible and says, I'll tell you what. If you will read this... Seven or for uh, five minutes a day for seven days, and it doesn't change your mind, then I'll quit my job as pastor. And he went home and he's like, Lord, what have I done? <laughs> and so he came back in seven days and he said, All right, tell me. And the guy handed him his Bible back and said, Didn't do a thing for me. He's crushed. He's driving home. How am I going to do this? How am I going to pull this off? What am I going to tell my church? What am I going to tell my family? I don't know what to do. And before he could get home, the phone rings. And it was Dr. Floyd Mitchell. I know, I know Floyd wouldn't mind me sharing his name on this. Uh, but it's Dr. Floyd Mitchell. And he called and he said, hey, I just got to tell you, I lied to you. I opened it and it freaked me out so bad. I had to shut it. <laughs> and Dr. Floyd Mitchell became a Christian. Listen, this is powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, that's going to be on the screen. It says, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirits, joint and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And nobody knows, right? Nobody knows what's really going on in here. Nobody really knows what's going on in here. Baloney! He knows and he has something to say about it. He knows before you know. 
No creature is hidden from it, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. You have no thoughts. You have no anything going on that God doesn't know about, and he has written something about it. He will speak to you. You will never get to the bottom of this. That's not the point, okay? I, you, you guys know uh, the guy playing bass. Uh, his name is Sean. And, man, Sean's an incredible guy. I met with him at lunch one day, and he was like, hey, I did what you told us. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I, I say lots of stuff, man. I preach for an hour every week. And he's like, well, you said read the Bible. I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. How much have you read? And he goes, I read the Bible. And I was like, well, I, I just meant like be reading on it, you know, not like go read the whole thing. He went home and took, I think, part of his two-week vacation to do it and read the Bible in six weeks, the whole thing. No wonder the dude is, is helping Roy, serving in the jail ministry, serving on the worship team, serving everywhere. Do you know we're baptizing 13 people in the jail next week? Yeah. I'm telling you, the word gets in. Royce calls me. He's preaching all the time, and he calls me, and he's like, Pastor, I mean, Royce only been a Christian for three years. He's like, listen, I want to see if I got this right in the word. And I'm like, Royce, that's profound. Yes, you have that right. The Holy Spirit is teaching him, and he's teaching others. He's only been at it three weeks. Nobody expects you to be a Bible scholar. We expect you to receive a word from the Lord. So, Psalm 119, 9 through 6. Scripture will be on the screen. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. David wrote this. Remember I told you, it's like 1,000 B.C. He only had the Old Testament. And not even all that. Like he's writing the Old Testament as we speak. <laughs> Most of the prophets come after him. He really just had the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wonder from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. He had just mostly the first five books of the Bible. And he would meditate on them day and night. He would pine after these things. He would lay on his bed and meditate about these things. And look what he said happened. Psalm 119.97. How I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. Dude, have y'all ever read Leviticus? Go meditate on that all day long. Your command makes me wiser than my enemies. Man, if you know the word of God, this is going to hit a little different for you. He says, your command makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. I have more insight than all my teachers because your decrees are my meditation. It's not I have more insight than my teachers because I'm awesome. It's I have more insight than my teachers because you're feeding me. I walked in as a college student. God just hit me with it, man. When I, I, I turned my life around at 17 years old, and I walked into a lot of ministries and, and were able to, to teach them as a very young man about the Word of God because they weren't even ministers. They weren't getting it from the source. Why? That's crazy. God wrote you a book. 
I understand more than my elders because I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path to follow your word. I have not turned from your judgments, for you yourself have instructed me. How sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every false way. Hate every false way. We hate every false way, but we do every false way, don't we? Are you not your own worst enemy? Have you ever had God pull you out of a hole just to fall down again? Here's, here's, the, here's mostly the reason for that. Because we, we sink down low and we really just need God as a stepping stone to get up and then, okay, we've got it from here. You've never been as high as He wants to take you yet. You ain't got it from here. He wants to take you higher. He wants to give you revelation. He wants to take your faith to a new level. He wants his children to come home, and he wants to instruct you on how to bring them there. And there's no better work. God has something for you. Now, I have taken kids to camp for a very long time. We have done college ski trips, youth mission trips, camp, weekend getaways. And here's what I've learned on that. Go somewhere with these kids where they have no cell phone reception, and they will hear from the Lord. And there's a little bit of a like, oh, they're on this camp high. I understand you went away and you got really religious. And yes, man, okay, so we go somewhere and there's worship, maybe. That's great. We've been taking kids for the last couple years uh, just doing like our own sort of thing. And maybe we'll do worship, maybe we won't. But they have a quiet time. They get in the Word and read for themselves. And it's life-changing. They hear from the Lord. And their parents are like, oh, that's cute. That it ha-. No, it happened because they got away and were in the stillness long enough to hear from God. Do you understand when I take kids to camp, it's a ton of work. And I can't wait to get home so I can read my Bible in peace. Like for me, it is the opposite of a, uh, of a spiritual high on a personal level because you're taken away from a quiet time. Every day the Lord wants to speak to you. Do you not love your kids every day? The Lord wants to speak to you every day. There are two things. I want you to write this down. You've got, you've got a note section. I want you to write this. this is really, I'm giving you some practical, really helpful stuff. Okay, um, if you are not, uh, if you've not really been in your word, and that's okay, man, that's okay. Most people haven't. Nobody's really teaching this, you know? Churches have just been like, <clears throat> let's talk about tithe today for so long. We're not encouraging a personal relationship with God, and I hope you've been somewhere that's been feeding you that. But man, if you're just like taking in stuff on social media, ah. Uh, These ministries are, are sort of like a, a socialism where I, I want you to be able to feed off of me. No. No, the kingdom of God is, is, is a monarchy. <laughs> I want you to feed off of him. I want you to rely on him. I will fail you eventually. Some of you in here are like, mm-hmm, you forgot. You didn't pray for me. You didn't visit me with this. And I did. I forgot. And I failed. I'm human. I failed. He will not. 
It's why we tie ourselves to Him. But if you have not read much of the Bible before, you've never really partaken in this, I, I would like for you to start in the New Testament. I think at some level, man, somebody, everybody needs to read the entire Bible. It's fascinating. There's not a wasted word in there. And when you get deep enough, even that stuff in the genealogies and, you know, so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so, and then some, some I don't know. Milka had three sons, and I, I'm like, who names her kid Milka? It just, like, it gets really, actually in the King James it says, six sons did Milka bear. And I was like, wow, that had to be exciting. <laughs> Milk and a bear. But if, if you're new to the Word, I want you to start in the New Testament, okay? The Bible is a collection. There are 66 books in here. This is really a library with one binding. There are 66 books. The first 39 are the Old Testament. That's the Old Law, the Old Covenant. And then when Jesus came, he started a new law, a new covenant, a new Testament. That's why they're called the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the last 27 books are the New Testament. They are the books of, uh, uh, the, of uh, it's the new law of mercy, of grace, of love that Jesus brought to us. And much of it is him un- explaining to his people what the new law is and what, what it looks like to be under a law of love and mercy instead of a law of rules, right? Uh, but I want you to start in the New Testament. It starts with Matthew, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you've never read, you need to begin in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Those are all first-hand accounts or surveys of the life of Jesus. Matthew followed Jesus. He's writing from personal experience. John followed Jesus. He's writing from personal experience. Uh, Mark and Luke are like journalists. They went around and surveyed people and, and got eyewitness testimonies and then wrote the account. All four of those are about the life and the ministry of Jesus. That is the jugular vein of Christianity. That's your life source. That's where you need to start. Which one? Doesn't really matter. Most people recommend John. John is the most unique of the four. My personal favorite is Matthew. Dusty's personal favorite is Mark. Prove us all wrong and do Luke. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is, this is where I recommend you start. If you are familiar with the story of Jesus, you have read the four Gospels. Maybe it's been a minute. Um, after Jesus dies, Luke goes on to write the book of Acts. I know that we have one life group that Gary is teaching that's actually studying the book of Acts. Uh, it is phenomenal. It is about how the church started. It is really, really interesting. Um, so Acts came uh, sort of as a study of how the church started. But the first person that everybody really looked to after Jesus died was actually his half-brother, James. So in the last of the Bible, there's a book. It's only five chapters long. It is James, okay? So remember, I want you to start in one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. If you have read those, you're familiar with those, I want you to go to James. Why? James, the book of James, was the first book of the New Testament that was actually written. James was... For his faith pretty early on, okay? So as soon as Jesus dies, everybody looks to James like, hey, what are we going to do? And so James kind of coordinates the church, and he begins to write to very new believers. And so that's why the book of James is extremely helpful to most people who are new to the Word of God, okay? Um, so read one of the Gospels. Next, I want you to read James. 
Third, if you wonder about your own salvation, am I going to go to heaven? In towards the very back, there is a book called 1 John. 1 John. Okay? 1 John will tell you whether or not you are saved if you have Jesus in your heart. Okay? Here's how I want you to read these things. I want you to make time. I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to say, after I read, then I can watch TV. Because you'll do just what my horse does if I'll feed it after I ride it. Run back to the stalls. (laughs) Right? Let's get this over with as quick as possible so that I can eat. All right? So I want you to, if, if you're going to binge watch a show first, you watch it first and then you read. You do whatever it takes so that you're not rushing this, okay? So, and I want you to have a journal. I want you to have something. Not, you want me to journal? That's silly. No, I'm not asking you to journal. I want you to be able to write down all the things that come into your mind when you get still so that you can get to them later and concentrate on the Word of God. Scratch paper, a piece of toilet paper, and a Sharpie. It doesn't matter. I want you to be alone with Jesus, okay? So I want you to have that. I want you to pray and say, Lord, will you speak to me? And then I want you to open to whichever book it is that you need to read. And I want you to read until you've read. What does that mean? Listen, you all do the exact same thing I do. You read a full chapter of the Bible, and at the end, all you know is what you want for dinner. Because you weren't paying to a, attention to a single thing that you read. Does that happen to anybody else? Can I get an amen? An uh-huh? Okay, yes, yes. I want you to ask God, take my mind, take my heart, speak to me. I want you to read how long until you finish the Bible? No, didn't say that. An hour, is that good? Read until you've read. Read until you say, I got something. I got something. How long will that take? I don't know. Read until you got something. And you begin to do that every day, and you won't be able to live without it. You begin to do that every day, you won't be able to live without it. Now, when you finish those, when you finish one of the Gospels, when you finish James, when you uh, finish 1 John, and you just need wisdom to live by because I keep destroying my own life, there's a fourth thing I want you to write down. I want you to write down the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, there are 31 days in most months. See where I'm going with this? It is wisdom for your life. Here's my challenge to you. Are you ready? Worship team, I want you to come up. I want everybody, I'm really fired up about this. I don't think that many people will take me up on this. But if you will, I believe that this will be pivotal, that this will be life-changing for you. We have mature believers in this place. I am not talking about me. I will not be partaking in this. I'm already doing this uh, at a level with someone else. Uh, We have mature believers believers in this place who will take you under their wing and hold you accountable to reading your word and give you instruction, help you understand these things in the word. They will take you and they will put you in intensive care for nine weeks. Why nine weeks? Because I talked to one of them and he said he's done it before and it took nine weeks. That's why. We have believers who will take you under their wing for nine weeks and help you get closer to Jesus. 
Come talk to me about it later. I'm sort of your broker on this thing. I will hook you up with a mature believer who will walk you through the Word of God, get you feeding yourself on the Word of God for nine weeks. And that may be the most important thing you will ever do in your life. We serve a living God who wants to speak to you directly. And I've, I've put it off just like everybody else. But this is the creator calling that we're talking about. And he wants to speak to you. And he will. And once you've experienced that, there's no turning back. If you've got a connection card, drop it in the basket when it comes up. I'm going to pray in just a second. Worship team is going uh, to play. And so I will call you this week. I will get you set up with somebody who will disciple you, who will hold you accountable for nine weeks. Come see us when service is over. And I'm still going to get you to write it down because you know me. <laughs> like this is a still trap, but it's a closed still trap. Nothing else is staying, okay? Somebody will walk you through, hold you accountable for nine weeks. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you. And, and again, this is, this is with love. Say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going to take you up on this, Pastor, but I'm actually, I'm going to do it myself. I want to do this for my, I owe, I owe it to myself to do it myself. Yeah, you've been doing it yourself. I've been doing it myself. I needed a mentor. Are you saying that out of pride? Just, if you can do it, that's awesome. And the Lord will speak to you. You don't, you don't need anyone except for do you. We try to pull ourselves out by our bootstraps all the time. And the physics just isn't there. It doesn't work. You cannot lift yourself. So, take me up on it. I pray. All right. I'm going to pray. The worship team is going to play. Baskets are forward. You guys know what to do. That's part of the way that we worship is with our tithe and offering. Uh, but, but write that down on your connection card. We want you to get closer to Jesus. I am rooting for you. I am your cheerleader because God has a work for you to do. He created you for it. And I can't wait to watch you do it. Lord, I pray that you will be with us. I pray that you will encourage us. Holy Spirit, I, I, am, I am like pleading with you. As people leave here and they begin to get in their word, will you speak to them? Will you fill them, God? I pray, Lord, that you will, God, that you will give them that. I want to crawl under the carpet because the presence of the Lord is on me and I feel so small, I feel insignificant, and I am overwhelmed. I pray that you will give them that experience. God, I pray that you will be living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, which we know that you are. But God, we've got to get out of ourselves, out of our own minds. God, I pray that you will consume us, that you will possess us and teach us your precepts and your commands and your ways. And God, I thank you for all of these saints, for these believers, for these warriors in the kingdom of God that you have put in this place today. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and worship with us.